Section thirty one of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part thirty one. Of the Street Sellers of Hot Elder Wine. The sale of hot elder wine in the streets is one of the trades which have been long established, but it is only within these eight or ten years that it has been carried on in its present form. It continues for about four months in the winter. Elder wine is made from the berries of the elder tree. Elder syrup, also made from the berries, was formerly famous in the north of England as a curative for colds, and was frequently taken with a small admixture of rum at bedtime. Some of the street sellers make the wine themselves. The majority, however, buy it of the British winemakers. The berries must be gathered when fully ripe, and on a dry day. They are picked, measured, and put into a copper, two gallons of water being added to every gallon of berries. They are then boiled till the berries are quite soft, when the liquor is strained and pressed from them through a strong hair sieve. The liquor thus expressed is again put into the copper, boiled an hour, skimmed, and placed in a tub, along with a bread toast, on which yeast is spread thickly. It then stands two days, and is afterwards put into a cask, a few cloves and crusted ginger being hung in a muslin bag from the bunghole, so as to flavour the liquor. Sometimes this spicing is added afterwards, when the liquor is warmed. The berries are sold in the markets, principally in Covent Garden, the price varying, according to the season, from one shilling and sixpence to three shillings a gallon. Of all elder wine makers, the Jews are the best as regards the street commodity. The costermongers say they have a secret, a thing said frequently enough when superior skill is shown, and especially when, as in the case of the Jews' elder wine, better pennyworths are given. The Jews, I am told, add a small quantity of raspberry vinegar to their elder, so as to give it a sharp, pleasant twang. The heat and pungency of the elder wine sold in the streets is increased by some street sellers by means of whole black pepper and capsicums. The apparatus in which the wine is now kept for sale in the streets is of copper or brass, and is sometimes handsome. It is generally an urn of an oblong form, erected on a sort of pedestal, with the lid or top ornamented with brass mouldings and so on. Three plated taps give vent to the beverage. Orifices are contrived, and are generally hidden or partially hidden with some ornament, which act as safety valves, or, as one man would have it, chimneys. The interior of these urns holds three or four quarts of elder wine, which is surrounded with boiling water, and the water and wine are kept up to the boiling pitch by means of a charcoal fire at the foot of the vessel. Fruit of some kind is generally sold by the elder wine men at their stand. The elder wine urn is placed on a stand covered with an oilcloth, six or eight glasses being ranged about it. It is sold at a halfpenny and a penny a glass, but there is little difference in some elder wines, I was told, between the penneths and the hapeths. A wine glass of the regular size is a half quartern or the eighth of a pint. Along with each glass of hot elder wine is given a small piece of toasted bread. Some buyers steep this bread in the wine, and so imbibe the flavour. It ain't no good as I know on, said an elder wine seller, but it's the fashion, and so people must have it. 
the purchasers of elder wine are the working classes but not the better order of them and the boys of the street some of these lads i was told were very choice and critical in their elder wines some will say it ain't such bad wine but not the real spicy the helder i thinks said another is middlin but somehow there's nothing but hotness for to taste of these traders there are now perhaps fifty in london one man counted up thirty of his brethren whom he knew personally or knew to be then working elder and he thought that there might be as many more but i am assured that fifty is about the mark the sellers of elder wine have been for the most part mechanics who have adopted the calling for the reasons i have often given none of them in the course of my inquiry depended entirely upon the sale of the wine but sold fruit in addition to it all complained of the bad state of trade one man said that four or five years back he had replenished the wine in a three-quart urn twelve times a day a jar of the wine being kept at the stall in readiness for that purpose this amounted to five hundred and seventy-six glasses sold in the course of the day and a receipt reckoning each glass at a penny of forty-eight shillings but probably not more than forty shillings would be taken as some would have halfpenny glasses now the same man rarely sells three quarts in a day except perhaps on a saturday and on wet days he sells none at all the elder wine can be bought at almost any price at the winemakers from fourpence to one shilling and sixpence the quart the charge in the public houses is twice as high as in the streets but the inn wine i was told by a person familiar with the trade contains spirit and is more highly spiced a decent-looking middle-aged man who had been in a gentleman's service but was disabled by an accident which crushed his hand and who thereupon resorted to street selling and had since continued in it in different branches from fifteen to twenty years gave me an account of his customers he had not been acquainted with the elder wine trade above four or five years when he bought an elder can for about fifteen shillings among a cheap miscellaneous lot in smithfield one friday afternoon and so he commenced it's a poor trade sir he said i don't suppose any of us make ten shillings a week at it alone but it's a good help to other things and i do middling i should say less than a shilling a day was above the average profits of the trade say five shillings a week for on wet days we can't sell at all no one will stop to drink elder wine in the wet they'll rather have a penneth of gin or half a pint of beer with the chill off under shelter i sell sometimes to people that say they're teetotalers and ask if there's any spirit in my wine i assure them there's not just the juice of the berry i start when i think the weather's cold enough and keep at it as long as there's any demand my customers are boys and poor people and i sell more haypeths than penneths i've heard poor women that's bought of me say it was the only wine they ever tasted the boys are hard to please but i won't put up with their nonsense it's not once in fifty times that a girl of the town buys my wine it's not strong enough for her i fancy a sharp frosty dry day suits me best i may then sell three or four quarts i don't make it but buy it it's a poor trade and i think it gets worse every year though i believe there's far fewer of us one elder wine stand in tottenham court road cost when new seven pounds but that was six or seven years ago 
Calculating that fifty persons clear five shillings a week for sixteen weeks, their profit being at least cent per cent, the street outlay in this very British wine will be only two hundred pounds, and the street consumption of it in the course of the year one thousand five hundred gallons. Of the street sale of peppermint water. Perhaps the only thing which can be called a cordial or a liqueur sold in the streets, if we except elder wine, is peppermint water, and of this the sale is very limited. For the first fifteen or twenty years of the present century, I was told by one who spoke from a personal knowledge, a pepperminter had two little taps to his keg, which had a division in the interior. From one tap was extracted peppermint water, from the other strong peppermint water. The one was at that time a penny a glass, the other from twopence to fourpence, according to the size of the glass. With the strong beverage was mixed smuggled spirit, but so strongly impregnated with the odour of the mint, that a passer-by could not detect the presence of the illicit compound. There are six persons selling peppermint water in the winter, and only half that number in the summer. The trade is irregular, as some pursue it only of a night, and generally in the street markets. Others sell at Billingsgate and places of great traffic, when the traffic is being carried on. They are stationary for a while, but keep shifting their ground. The vendors generally distilled their own mint when the sale was greater, but within these six or eight years they have purchased it at a distilling chemist's, and have only prepared it for sale. Water is added to the distilled liquid bought of the chemist to increase the quantity, but to enhance the heat of the draught, which is a draw to some buyers, black pepper, unground, or ginger, or, but rarely, capsicums, are steeped in the beverage. The peppermint water is lauded by the vendors, when questioned concerning it, as an excellent stomachic, but nothing is said publicly of its virtues, the cry being merely, Peppermint water, a half-penny a glass. The sellers will generally say that they distill the peppermint water themselves, but this is not now commonly the case. The process, however, is simple enough. The peppermint used is gathered just as it is bursting into flower, and the leaves and buds are placed in a tub with just water enough to cover them. This steeping continues twenty-four hours, and then a still is filled three parts full, and the water is overdrawn very slowly. The price at the chemist's is one shilling a quart for the common mint water. The street price is a halfpenny a glass, containing something short of the eighth of a pint. What costs one shilling, the street seller disposes of for two shillings, so realising the usual cent per cent. To take two shillings is now accounted a tidy day's work, and calculating that four pepperminters take that amount the year round, Sundays excepted, we find that nearly a hundred and twenty-five pounds is spent annually in peppermint water, and nine hundred gallons of it consumed every year in the streets of London. The capital required is keg three shillings and sixpence, or jar two shillings, for they are used indifferently, four glasses, one shilling, towel, fourpence, and stock money, four shillings, or in all about eight shillings. The water keg or jar is carried by the vendor, but sometimes it is rested on a large stool carried for the purpose. 
A distilling apparatus, such as the street sellers used, was worth about ten shillings. The vendors are of the same class of street sellers as the ginger beer people. Of milk selling in St. James's Park. The principal sale of milk from the cow is in St. James's Park. The once fashionable drink known as syllabubs, the milk being drawn warm from the cow's udder upon a portion of wine, sugar, spice, and so on, is now unknown. As the sellers of milk in the park are merely the servants of cowkeepers and attend to the sale as a part of their business, no lengthened notice is required. The milk sellers obtain leave from the Home Secretary to ply their trade in the park. There are eight stands in the summer and as many cows, but in the winter there are only four cows. The milk vendors sell upon an average in the summer from eighteen to twenty quarts per day in the winter not more than a third of that quantity the interrupted milking of the cows as practised in the park often causes them to give less milk than they would in the ordinary way the chief customers are infants and adults and others of a delicate constitution who have been recommended to take new milk on a wet day scarcely any milk can be disposed of soldiers are occasional customers a somewhat sour-tempered old woman, speaking as if she had been crossed in love, but experienced in this trade, gave me the following account. It's not at all a lively sort of life selling milk from the cows, though some thinks it's a gay time in the park. I've often been dull enough and could see nothing to interest one, sitting alongside a cow. People drink new milk for their health, and I've served a good many such. They're mostly young women, I think, that's delicate and makes the most of it. There's twenty women and more to one man what drinks new milk. If they were set to some good hard work, it would do them more good than new milk, or asses' milk either, I think. Let them go on a milk walk to cure them, that's what I say. Some children come pretty regularly with their nurses to drink new milk. Some bring their own china mugs to drink it out of. Nothing less was good enough for them. I've seen the nurse girls frightened to death about the mugs. I've heard one young child say to another, I shall tell Mamma that Caroline spoke to a mechanic who came and shook hands with her. The girl was as red as fire and said it was her brother. Oh, yes, there's a deal of brothers comes to look for their sisters in the park. The greatest fools I've sold milk to is servant girls out for the day. Some must have a day or a half day in the month. Their mistresses ought to keep them at home, I say, and not let them out to spend their money, and get into nobody knows what company for a holiday. Mistresses is too easy that way. It's such gals as makes fools of themselves in liking a soldier to run after them. I've seen one of them. Yes, some would call her pretty, and the prettiest is the silliest, and easiest tricked out of money. That's my opinion, anyhow. I've seen one of them, and more than one, walk with a soldier, and they've stopped a minute, and she's taken something out of her glove and given it to him. Then they've come up to me, and he said to her, Mayn't I treat you with a little new milk, my dear? and he's changed a shilling. Why, of course, the silly fool of a gal had given him that there shilling. I thought when Annette Myers shot the soldier, it would be a warning. But nothing's a warning to some girls. She was one of those fools. It was a good deal talked about at the stand, but I think none of us knowed her. Indeed, we don't know our customers but by sight. Yes, there's now and then some oldish gentlemen. I suppose they're gentlemen. Anyhow, they're idle men, lounging about the stand but there's no nonsense there. They tell me, too, that there's not so much lounging about as there was. Those that's known the trade longer than me think so. 
them children's a great check on the nusses and they can't be such fools as the servant maids i don't know how many of them i've served with milk along with soldiers i never counted them they're nothing to me very few elderly people drink new milk it's mostly the young i've been asked by strangers when the duke of wellington would pass to the horse guards or to the house of lords he's pretty regular i've had sixpence given me but not above once or twice a year to tell strangers where was the best place to see him from as he passed i don't understand about this great exhibition but no doubt more new milk will be sold when it's opened and that's all i cares about of the street sale of milk during the summer months milk is sold in smithfield billingsgate and the other markets and on sundays in battersea fields clapham common camberwell green hampstead heath and similar places about twenty men are engaged in this sale they usually wear a smock frock and have the cans and yoke used by the regular milk sellers they are not itinerant the skim milk for they sell none else is purchased at the dairies at a penny halfpenny a quart and even the skim milk is also further watered by the street sellers their cry is halfpenny half pint milk the tin measure however in which the milk and water is served is generally a slang and contains but half of the quantity proclaimed the purchasers are chiefly boys and children rarely men and never costermongers i was told for they reckon milk sickly these street sellers who have most of them been employed in the more regular milk trade clear about one shilling and sixpence a day each for three months and as the profit is rather more than cent per cent it appears that about four thousand gallons of milk are thus sold and upwards of two hundred and sixty pounds laid out upon these persons yearly in its purchase a pair of cans with the yoke cost fifteen shillings and one pound is amply sufficient as capital to start in this trade as the two measures used may be bought for two shillings and three shillings can be devoted to the purchase of the liquid of the street sale of curds and whey the preparations of milk which comprise the street trade are curds and whey and rice milk the oldest street sellers stating that these were a portion of the trade in their childhood the one is a summer and the other a winter traffic and both are exclusively in the hands of the same middle-aged and elderly women the vendors prepare the curds and whey in all cases themselves skim milk purchased at the dairies is used by the street purveyors a gallon being the quantity usually prepared at a time this milk gallon is double the usual quantity or eight quarts the milk is first scalded the pan containing it being closely watched in order that the contents may not boil the scalding occupies ten or fifteen minutes and it is then cooled until it attains the lukewarmness of new milk half a pound of sugar is then dissolved in the milk and a teaspoonful of rennet is introduced which is sufficient to turn a gallon in an hour or in some cases two the milk is curded and is ready for use the street sale is confined to stalls the stall which is the ordinary stand being covered with a white cloth or in some cases an oil cloth and on this the curds in a bright tin kettle or pan are deposited there are six mugs on the board and a spoon in each but those who affect a more modern style have glasses one of the neatest stalls as regards the display of glass and the bright cleanliness of the vessel containing the curds is in holborn 
but the curd seller there has only an average business. The mugs or glasses hold about the third of a pint, and the full of one is a pennyworth. For a half pennyworth the vessel is half filled. The season is during the height of summer, and continues three or four months, or as one woman tersely and commercially expressed it, from Easter to fruit. The number of street saleswomen is about one hundred. Along with the curds they generally sell oranges, or such early fruit as cherries. A woman who had sold cruds, as the street people usually call it, for eighteen years, gave me the following account. Boys and girls is my best customers for cruds, sir. Perhaps I sell to them almost half of all I get rid of. Very little fellows will treat girls, often bigger than themselves, at my stall, and they have as much chaffing and nonsense about its being stunning good for the teeth, and such like, as if they was grown up. Some don't much like it at first, but they gets to like it. One boy whose young woman made faces at it, and it was a little sour, to be sure, that morning, got quite vexed and said, "'What a image you're a-making on yourself!' "'I don't know what sort the boys are, only that they're the street boys, mostly. Quiet working people are my other customers, perhaps rather more women than men. Some has told me they was teetotalers. Then there's the women of the town of the poorer sort. They're good customers.' as indeed I think they are for most cooling drinks at times, for they seem to me to be always thirsty. I never sell to dustmen or that sort of people. Saturday is my best day. If it's fine and warm, I sell a gallon then, which makes about forty penneths. Sometimes it brings me three shillings, sometimes three and sixpence. It's rather more than half profits. Take it altogether, I sell five gallons in fine dry weeks, and half that in wet, and perhaps there's what I call a set-down wet week for every two dry. Nobody has a better right to pray against wet weather than poor women like me. Ten years ago I sold almost twice as much as I can now. There's so many more of us at present, I think, and let alone that there's more shops keeps it too. Another old woman told me that she used, when days was longest, to be up all night, and sell her cruds near Drury Lane Theatre, and often received in a few hours five shillings or six shillings from ladies and gentlemen out at night. But the men were so rackety, she said, and she'd had her stool so often kicked over by drunken people, and no help for it, that she gave up the night trade, and she believed it was hardly ever followed now. To start in the curds and whey line requires the following capital. Saucepan for the scalding and boiling, two shillings. Stall, five shillings six mugs, sixpence, or six glasses, two shillings and sixpence, six spoons, threepence, tin kettle on stool, three shillings and sixpence, pail for water to rinse glasses, one shilling. Then for stock money, one gallon skimmed milk, one shilling and sixpence, or one shilling and eightpence, and half a pound of sugar, twopence. In all, fourteen shillings and a penny, reckoning the materials to be of the better sort. Of the whole number of street curd sellers, fifty dispose of as much as my informant, or twelve and a half gallons in three weeks. The other fifty sell only half as much. Taking the season at three months, we find the consumption of curds and whey in the street to be 2,812 double gallons, note as regards the ingredient of milk, end note, at a cost to the purchasers of 421 pounds half of which is the profit accruing to the street seller. 
the receipts of those having the better description of business being nine shillings and fourpence weekly, those of the smaller traders being four shillings and eightpence. There is a slight and occasional loss by the cruds being kept until unsaleable, in which case they are fit for nothing but the hogwash man. Of the street sellers of rice milk. To make rice milk, the street seller usually boils four quarts of the regular measure of skim with one pound of rice, which has been previously boiled in water. An hour suffices for the boiling of the milk, and the addition of the rice, swollen by the boiling water, increases the quantity to six quarts. No other process is observed, except that some sweeten their rice milk before they offer it for sale. The majority, however, sweeten it to the customer's liking when he is served, unless, to use the words of one informant, he have a very, very sweet tooth indeed, sir, and that can't be stood. For the sweetening of six quarts, half a pound of sugar is used. For the spicing, half an ounce of allspice, dashed over the milk freely enough from a pepper caster. Rice milk is always sold at stalls arranged for the purpose, and is kept in a tin pan fitted upon a charcoal brazier, so that the drinkable is always hot. This apparatus generally stands on the ground alongside the stall, and is elevated only by the feet of the brazier. The rice-milk woman, for the street-sellers are generally females, dips a large breakfast cup holding half a pint into the pan, puts a teaspoonful of sugar into it, browns the whole with allspice, and receives a penny. A half-penny worth is, of course, half the quantity. The rice-milk women are also sellers of oranges, chestnuts, apples, or some other fruit, as well as the rice-milk. But sometimes, when the weather is very cold and frosty, they sell rice-milk alone. There are fifty street-sellers of rice-milk in London. Saturday night is the best time of sale, when it is not uncommon for a rice-milk woman to sell six quarts, but in a good trade, four quarts a day for six days of the week is an average. The purchasers are poor people, and a fourth of the milk is sold to boys and girls, to whom it is often a meal. Ah, sir, said one woman, you should have seen how a poor man last winter swallowed a penneth. He'd been a-wandering all night, he said, and he looked at it, and a gentleman gave him tuppence, for he took pity on his hungry look, and he spent a penny with me, and I gave him another cup for charity. God bless the gentleman and you, says he. It saved my life. If I'd bought a penny loaf, I'd have choked on it. He wasn't a beggar, for I never saw him before, and I've never seen him again from that day to this. The same informant told me that she believed no rice-milk was bought by the women of the town. It didn't suit the likes of them. Neither is it bought by those who are engaged in noisome trades. If there be any of the rice-milk left at night, and the saleswoman have doubts of its keeping, it is reboiled with fresh rice and milk. The profit is considerable, for the ingredients, which cost less than one shilling and sixpence, are made into ninety-six pennyworths, and so to realise eight shillings. In some of the poorer localities, however, such as Rosemary Lane, only a halfpenny the half-pint can be obtained, and four shillings is then the amount received for six quarts, instead of eight shillings. To start in rice-milk requires thirteen shillings capital, which includes a pan for boiling the milk, two shillings, a kettle with brazier for stall, four shillings, stall or stand, five shillings, six cups, ninepence, for stock money, fifteen and a half pence, with which is bought four quarts of skim milk, 
ninepence, one pound of rice, threepence, half pound of sugar, twopence, allspice, one penny. The season continues for four months, and calculating, a calculation within the mark, that one half of the fifty sellers have as good a trade as my informant, twenty-four quarts weekly, and that of the remaining twenty-five, one half sell twelve quarts each weekly at one penny the half pint, and the other half vend twenty-four quarts at a halfpenny the half pint, we find that three hundred and twenty pounds is annually spent in rice milk, and about three thousand gallons of it yearly consumed in the streets of London. Of water carriers. It may surprise many to learn that there are still existing water carriers in London, and some of them depending upon the trade for a livelihood, while others, the odd men of the neighbourhood, carry pails of spring water to the publicans or eating-house keepers, who may not have servants to send to the nearest pump for it, and who require it fresh and cool for those who drink it at their meals. Of these men there are, as near as I can ascertain, from one hundred to one hundred and fifty. Their charge is one penny per pail, their earnings per day sixpence to one shilling. Perhaps none of them depend solely upon this labour for their support. It is otherwise at Highgate and Hampstead, for in those places both men and women depend entirely for their daily bread on water-carrying. At Hampstead the supply is derived from what may be called a double well, known as the conduit. The ground is flagged, and the water is seen at each corner of a wall built to the surface of the ground, about eight feet, and surmounted by an iron rail. The water is covered over in one corner and not in the other, and the carrier descends a step or two, dips in his pails, and walks away with them when filled. The water is carried by means of a yoke, in the same way as we see the milk pails carried in every street in London. The well and the field in which the Hampstead water is situated are the property of the church, and the water is free to anyone in any quantity, either for sale or any other purpose, without leave. In droughts or frosts the supply fails, and the carriers have sometimes to wait hours for their turn, and then to bale the water into their pails with a basin. The nearest street to which the water is carried is half a mile distant. Some is carried three-quarters of a mile, and some, occasionally, a mile. The two pails full, which contain seven gallons, are sold at a penny halfpenny. The weight is about seventy pounds. Seventeen years ago the price was threepence, after which it fell to twopence halfpenny, then to twopence, and has been a penny halfpenny these five or six years while now there are three or four carriers who even carry at two pails a penny to the nearest places. The supply of the well, apart from drought or frost, is fifty-six gallons an hour. The principal customers are the lawn dresses, but in wet weather their cisterns and water-tubs are filled, and the carriers, or the major part of them, are idle. The average earnings of the carriers are five shillings a week the year through, Two of them are men of seventy. There is a bench about midway to Hampstead at which these labourers rest, and here, on almost every fine day, sits with them a palsied old soldier, a pensioner of about eighty, who regales them almost daily with long tales of Vinegar Hill and Jemmy O'Brien, 
note the informer end note, and all the terrors of the terrible times of the irish rebellion of seventeen ninety eight for the old man himself an irishman had served through the whole of it this appears to be a somewhat curious theme for constant expatiation to a band of london water carriers there are now twenty individuals fourteen men and six women carrying at hampstead and twice that number at highgate some leave the carrying when they get better work but three-fourths of the number live by it entirely the women are the wives and widows of carriers the men have been either mechanics or labourers except six or eight youths my informant was not certain which who had been brought up to the water but would willingly get away from it if they could a well-spoken and intelligent-looking man dressed in thick fustian old and greasy but good enough for the carrying gave me the following account i was a copper-plate printer he said and twenty years ago could earn my twenty-five shillings a week but employment fell off the lithographic injured it and at last i could get very little work and then none at all so i have been carrying now between three and four years my father-in-law was in the trade and that made me think of it my best day's work and it's the same with all is two shillings which is sixteen turns it's not possible to do more if that could be done every day it would be very well but in wet weather when the laundresses who are my customers don't want water i can't make a shilling a week then in a drought or a frost one has to wait such a long time for his turn that it's not sixpence a day a dry spring's the worst last march i had many days to wait six turns and it takes well on to an hour for a turn then we sit by the well and talk when we're waiting oh yes sir the pope has had his turn of talk there's water companies both at hampstead and highgate but our well water hampstead is asked for for all that it's so with highgate it is beautiful water either for washing or drinking perhaps it's better with a little drop of spirit for drinking but i seldom taste it that way the fatigue's so great that we must take a little drop of spirit on a long day no sir we don't mix it that spoils two good things i've been at the well first light in the morning and in summer i've been at work at it all night there's no rule among us but it's understood that every one has his turn there's a little chaff sometimes and some get angry at having to wait but i never knew a fight i have a wife and three children she works for a laundress and has two shillings and sixpence a day she has two days regular every week and sometimes odd turns as well i think that the women earn more than the men in hampstead my rent is one shilling and sixpence a week for an unfurnished room there is no trade on sundays but on fine summer sundays old blank attends at the well and sells glasses of cool water he gets two shillings and sixpence some days he makes no charge just what any one pleases to give anybody might do it but the old gentleman would grumble that they were taking his post computing the number of water carriers at the two places at sixty and their average earnings through the year at five shillings a week it appears that these men receive one thousand four hundred and fifty two pounds yearly the capital required to start in the business is nine shillings the cost of a pair of pails and a yoke the old man who sells water on the summer sunday mornings generally leaving off his sale at church time told me that his best customers were ladies and gentlemen who loved an early walk and bought of him as it looked like a bit of country life he supposed 
more than from being thirsty. When such customers were not inhabitants of the neighbourhood, they came to him to ask their way, or to make inquiries concerning the localities. Sometimes he dispensed water to men who looked as if they'd been on the loose all night. One gentleman, he said, looks sharp about him, and puts a dark-coloured stuff, very likely it's brandy, into the two or three glasses of water which he drinks every Sunday, or which he used to drink, rather, for I missed him all last summer, I think. His hand trembled like a aspen. He mostly gave me sixpence. The water-seller spoke with some indignation of boys, and sometimes men, going to the well on a Sunday morning, and drinking out of their own tins that they'd taken with them. End of section 31